0: This podcast is brought to you by Barrier Break Solutions Private Limited and Score Foundation.
1: Hi. My name is George Abraham and welcome to IWay Conversations. My guest today is Preetam Sunkavalli, a young corporate executive who lives in Vishakapatnam and works in Mumbai. Hi, Preetam. Welcome. Hello, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Preetam, you are one of the few visually impaired persons working in the auto industry. What exactly is your job profile?
2: Sure. So I work with a leading automotive company in Mumbai. I work with their business transformation team. So in a nutshell, we are we are kind of like internal consultants um, and we work across functions. So marketing, brand, sales, um, supply chain, electric vehicles, all kinds of things. And usually they have goals to change a part of their business that, you know, day to day they're too busy to worry about that. So we kind of go in and we try to help them change, put in place new processes and you know, change to the um, changing customer requirements especially post pandemic there has been so much change in the automotive industry um, you know customer expectations are changing more people want to buy personal cars and on the other side there's a shortage of uh, semiconductors and so we kind of helped the organization deal with all these changes
1: what was your experience interviewing for this job
2: so the, the interview process was uh, pretty lengthy and I interviewed with various executives for various teams. Uh, but one moment that really uh, stuck out for me is when I interviewed with uh, their group HR EVP. And this man, I believe, is was my champion throughout. And he's one reason that I actually ended up working with that company. And so when we were talking, he was like, um, what role would you prefer? I'm like, maybe marketing. He's like, you might have to have sales experience for that, and I said yes, sir, I do. And he said, uh, see, but for that you'll have to be out on the field, you'll have to go visit dealers independently, things like that. And I said yes, I I will work towards it. I'll figure out a way to do it on my own. And he said, okay, we'll 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 think about it. And then finally, when um, you know when I got the appointment letter and I looked into it, the role I was. Um, first assigned to was uh, as an area sales manager and you know that's that's really the confidence that he showed in my ability and of course later on i did visit dealers independently and i built trust with them and you know kind of uh, worked with them for a year before i transferred to the head office
0: if you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness Please share the IWAY National Toll Free Helpline number 18005320469 The number is 18005320469
1: You know, uh, you are working in an arena where uh, most people you engage with may not be kind of used to interacting with people who are blind or visually impaired. So uh, how did you actually overcome the threshold where there might have been apprehensions, but, um, you know, over time you managed to win them over?
2: There were always apprehensions. I mean, um, automotive industry is fairly traditional. And, you know, I engage with uh, the teams for diversity and inclusion there. And for them, usually diversity inclusion goes as far as women right now. They're not even talking about people with disabilities um, or, you know, the LGBTQ community, things like that. And typically what I've understood is um, it, you have to communicate very clearly. You have to tell your team and your managers um, what you can do and what you cannot do. And also you should really let your work Uh, speak for itself so if your manager trusts you and gives you something to do you have to deliver and you have to tell them uh, let them know that you know this is what you can do so clear communication and um, letting your work speak for yourself has
1: um,
2: has really helped me throughout
1: and how did you win the trust of the dealers
2: and so once uh, we had a product launch coming up and, you know, before these launches, you bring your entire dealer workforce, you know, from a whole region, um, a couple of states, you bring them together and you train them on how to do, how to sell the vehicle. What's the sales story? Uh, how do you talk to customers? How do you address their queries? And so, of course, we all prepared the script, but then we had a couple of actors playing as customers and I went in and I... Delivered a performance. Uh, you know, we had a woman customer, and the script was that um, you know, this car is not right for a woman types. And so we had to go in and demonstrate about how you would sell this car to a woman and how a woman's um, requirements might be slightly different uh, while buying a car. And so I delivered that performance and <laughs> I got a standing ovation from the whole audience. And since then, my team, uh, you know, my dealer team's never really doubted uh, my abilities. Although it was a tiny slice of really what I could do with them. And that was more theater than management. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how I earned their trust.
1: You know, uh, Preeti, there are very few people who get into management. Uh, So when did you decide that you wanted to do management and how did you get interested in management?
2: Very interesting question. So when I was young, um, I actually wanted to be a physicist. And this was before, you know, this was before Big Bang Theory and before nerdy physicists were considered cool. Um, But I was fascinated by it. And as I got older, um, we started having a few issues because my friends and peers would tell me that, you know, I couldn't uh, draw diagrams. I couldn't write records. I couldn't uh, conduct experiments. And now today with the awareness I have, I know it's false and I know I could have easily become a physicist if I wanted to. But back then, um, I was not sure. And at the same time, my dad was teaching me economics. And he has a nice way of making the most dry, boring subject sound interesting. And, you know, economics was not, certainly not that. But, you know, I did have a fascination with economics thanks to him. And so that's what I picked um, in my 11th and 12th. And, you know, kind of logical uh, progression to that was management
1: can you tell us a little bit about your journey um, as uh, a management student Uh, you uh, i believe first did a three-year course and then you got into the iim sure so
2: i got into um, a three-year undergraduate uh, business management course um, here in vishakapatnam and when i first went to join the college my college principal who actually happens to be the vice chancellor of the university now he sat me down and he was like you know he, he spoke to me he's like what are your aspirations what are your goals and he was like why don't you join our five-year integrated MBA course you know it's a three-year undergrad and then a two-year MBA and I told him no sir I, I aspire to go to an IIM for my MBA and back then I just I just said it because it sounds cool. Um, I was not really confident I could reach that. He said, sure. I joined the course. Um, it was good. It gave me a very good base on, um, you know, on the fundamentals and on how I could grow in the future. And it really helped pull, build my confidence. So in the third year, um, you know, there were campus placements. And I planned to work for a few years before um, writing my CAT and going for an MBA. So I was being interviewed by a large uh, multinational company and I cleared the first round and then the HR was like, um, you know, Preetam, how, how do you use computers? Um, and we were having a private conversation. She pulled me aside. I told her, you know, accessibility software, screen readers, things like that. So she comes back um, 10 minutes later and she tells me, see, we, we can't allow third-party softwares on our systems. So we can't put accessibility software on our computers. And, you know, this is a company that claims to be a technology company. And I was really surprised. But then she said, you know, um, we are an equal opportunities employer, but um, I hope you understand. And that made no sense to me. I did not understand. Um, And later, you know, I thought about it and I realized for that company, I was just one of maybe 400 um, candidates and there was nothing particularly special about me at that time and so i thought um, you know i have to work harder i have to set myself apart in some way and my uh, placement officer in the college also encouraged me she said you know you i can go in to an iim or to a good college as a fresher so i decided to go for cat uh, right then
1: so uh, this cat you know common admission test which uh, most students take it's seen as a very difficult uh, Test to uh, uh, deal with. Uh, It's it's competitive and it's pretty uh, intense. And uh, people prepare for it for uh, a couple of years before they actually take the test. Uh, So, what was your strategy and what was your journey dealing with CAT?
2: Well, I took a year off for CAT. And um, really, my my strategy was I'm going to work as hard as I can uh, in this one year because. The the incident that happened uh, during undergrad placements really showed me that uh, CAT was the only option for me. And I had to get into a good MBA school. Otherwise, you know, things would be much more difficult. And so I joined a local institute and they were not sure about me. And so initially when I joined, the the head of the institute, uh, you know, asked me questions like, you know, could I read? uh, Do I read books and stuff? Um, What's the equation to a line segment? So, very basic questions. And just to set the context, a few months after this, um, I got the bronze medal for my batch, for my undergrad batch. And this man is asking me if I can read. <laughs> so, I joined the CAT coaching session and um, the sessions. And it is it is a bit challenging because I always struggle with maths. But I was fortunate that a um, few things. Um, that I used to do as a visually impaired person actually helped me out because I tend to do calculations in my head rather than uh, putting them down on paper, and doing quick calculations is very important for quant in um, you know quantitative ability in cat and one of my trainers actually recognized this, so he kind of mentored me um, you know my schedule was like a professional athlete, so I would do uh, lots of you know concept work and then mocks you know typically people take about 10-15 mocks I took something like 35 so mock exams and I think that's what really helped me because when I went into the actual exam it just felt like another mock and it was frankly it was easier than many of the mocks I did so yeah uh, my mother uh, helped me with verbal and then I had uh, this mentor who helped me with quantitative ability and logical reasoning so really you know that that's I got really good support and good mentorship and that's why I think I could crack cat
0: to support our work with the blind and visually impaired you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org.in please note www scorefoundation.org.in.
1: So you went into i am Ahmedabad and, uh, and, and tell us a little bit about because um, that's again a, a tough course and it's a competitive place and um, so uh, how did you what was the accessibility situation how did the professors kind of engage with you how did your peers uh, engage with you
2: it was, uh, it was an exceptional place um, and you know, the two years I spent there were two of the best years of my life and really, you know, if you talk about the faculty and the support systems, um, they've seen so many visually impaired people before and all of the visually impaired people put in place some systems. So when I go in and I say I want accessible materials, they know what to do. They know uh, how to provide me the OCR, PDFs and all of that. And the mess hall knows that, you know, I would prefer if food could be delivered to my room because initially I couldn't navigate the campus on my own. And so most of the systems were in place and um, the support was there, but it was certainly not easy. This was the first time I was doing anything on my own outside, um, outside home. And I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't have anyone to rely on, but myself, at least initially. And um, you know, my friends also, they were of great support. So anytime, you know, any IIM Ahmedabad grad would tell you that you learn more from your peers than, you know, from, from the classroom. And that was true in my case. I, I made some lifelong friends and I participated in a lot of activities. And, you know, first year was certainly challenging. I, uh, I was still figuring out how things work. But second year, I had a lot of fun. I even did an exchange uh, one semester in the U.S., um, which also gave me some great experiences.
1: You uh, studied in the mainstream right from childhood. Um, uh, talk us through your experiences uh, being part of the mainstream. Uh, you know, you must have had experiences with your classmates. Children are very often cruel and mean. Uh, What was your experience? How did your teachers kind of deal with you? What was the kind of support that you needed and that you got to actually cope with the 11, 12, 13 years of your schooling? So
2: throughout throughout my childhood, you know, my one main pillar of support was always my mother. And my mother would always fight on behalf of me. She would make sure that wherever I was, I would get included and things like that. And pretty early on, um, she took a call that you know I would go to uh, regular schools. I wouldn't, uh, and I wouldn't learn Braille. I would learn the regular alphabet. Um, so this is this was a call she took, and so you know even in Vishakhapatnam, of course, I I tended to go to smaller schools um, because I was in one of the large prestigious schools initially, but we felt I couldn't. The teachers were not able to give me attention and. I was finding it difficult to cope in a large class of say 45 people. And so while growing up, overall, I would say it was okay. Uh, Teachers were generally very supportive and my mother was always there to back them up at home. So most of my studying I did at home with my mom. Um, But yeah, the, the peers, classmates were a whole different story. Because, you know, when you go fifth, sixth standard, that age, you know, kids start forming social groups. And one thing they love to do is um, exclude people and point out how people were different. And it was difficult. I, I, you know, kids these days call it FOMO, fear of missing out, but I probably had that. And I was always kind of anxious that, you know, all these guys are doing something and I'm not being included. So it really took me a while to understand. And in the meanwhile, my mother, uh, you know, my mother had some support. And so she would read these books and kind of, give me little nuggets of, you know, wisdom. So one of them was, um, she read this book and, you know, it said somebody else's bad behavior is their problem. You know, don't make it yours. And so that really helped me. I just, I kind of understood that, um, you know, what they were doing is not because of me, but it was because of them. And obviously this realization didn't come easily. Um, There were many moments that I would come crying from school and just say, you know, I don't want to go back there again. Uh, But yeah, I got through it. And I think I'm a much stronger person. Um, I tend to brush off any, uh, you know, any form of discrimination these days. And that really helped me become a stronger person, I would say.
1: So, uh, you know, all of us, uh, you know, uh, apart from work, you know, we always have some interest areas, hobbies and so on. What has been your interests and hobbies that uh, that kind of makes life exciting?
2: So I love to read. Um, I read uh, mysteries and thrillers. I love um, spy fiction. You know, um, geopolitics and such. So I I read at least uh, I'd say two three books a month, and that's something that I I love to um, you know immerse myself in. And these days, I'm watching a lot of audio-described content on uh, streaming services, things like that. Um, I do some baking, uh, but not very often. Now that I'm working from home, I get a chance to bake. Uh, but yeah, one one um, hobby I've had for a long time is making 3D models of things. So since childhood, I always loved toys more because you know they were 3D, and I could understand each um, each nook and cranny, each feature. And so I would try to uh, reproduce them out of cardboard and, you know, whatever, um, whatever recyclable materials I can find. And one of my favorite uh, things that I made is a large aircraft carrier. It's like two feet long and it's got so many details. You know, I I really enjoy crafting those little details. Uh, It's got rocket launchers that rotate this way and that way. It has a catapult that launches a little tiny cardboard plane. And so there's a, Rubber band under the deck that powers this catapult, and you know it's got little lifeboats that you can push out of the hull, and so th- that's another thing I really enjoy. But yeah, it, it takes a lot of time, and these days with my work, some I I tend not to get as much time, so I, I make smaller things now. I don't make these large ambitious projects
1: anymore. A few weeks ago, uh, we had met for the first time on uh, Clubhouse in the room called Visionaries, and I believe you are the one who started this group. So tell us a little bit about this group. Why did you start it? What do you hope to achieve? And what are your plans for the future with this room?
2: So the idea of uh, the Visionaries I've had for quite a while, actually, um, since 2017, 2018. And the basic idea is that, you know, as visually impaired people, Most of our conversations are oriented to educating or, um, you know, sensitizing the sighted population. And I wanted a platform where visually impaired people could talk to each other and really connect and, you know, feel like they were part of a community, Um, you know, independent visually impaired people um, working, studying, who could exchange ideas, who could exchange tips and try to make each other's lives better. Um, of course, I was thinking of, of what platform to do it on and how I would go about it. Um, and, you know, fortunately, Clubhouse happened in early 2021 and I just felt, okay, Clubhouse would be the perfect platform. and So we started um, in May of 2021 and currently we have about 193 members out of which about 30 or 40 will be active. And we do various events. Um, you know, we we conduct accessible game shows, we have a book club every first Sunday of the month, and generally we have conversations about various topics, um, you know, from technology, accessible technology, um, to accessible travel and how uh, our different travel hacks, and also access um, tips on dating and relationships um, for visually impaired people. So it, it's a wonderful platform. Um, I hope to take it off Clubhouse. I want to expand it further. Um, and develop some content uh, that could be you know a, a place for visually impaired people to really come and it would be a guide you know they would have say accessible rev- reviews of accessible technology or reviews of different airlines and hotels for travel or you know reviews of accessible tourist places and you know we'd have blogs and chats and conversations I'm working on how how this I could make this happen um, who would create the content? Where would we host it? How would we engage with people? So really, that that is my vision for the visionaries. I want it to be a one-stop shop for visually impaired people, um, you know, to gather information about the world, the accessible world, I should say. Uh,
1: I was reading a little background about you. And, uh, you know, I read that you mentioned somewhere that... Um, the world is made of people who are inclusive, people who are indifferent, and people who are uh, ignorant. Can you um, throw some light on these thoughts of yours? Sure.
2: Um, so when I came up with this, you know, this was at a particularly low point um, in in IIM um, Ahmedabad, and um, at the end of my first year, I was discriminated against um, by a member of the staff for a leadership position, um, handling, um, you know, the, the, the body that helps, um, disabled students on campus. And that it's funny because, um, you know, the equal opportunity committee is meant to provide equal opportunities. And I was discriminated against it, uh, because I wanted to head it up and, you know, so provide support for disabled, uh, members of the IM Dabad community. And this was a very hard time for me because. Um, I felt, you know, if, if they are not going to consider me for, um, heading up a campus organization, like how will I build a career in the future? And so I kind of sat down, I was really thinking about it. And one of my friends, uh, just to cheer me up, he suggested, he, he's like, you know, one of these, uh, one eminent professor is visiting and why don't you go speak to him? You know, why don't you, um, just, you know, meet him and so i did and he told me this he was like see there's always a part of society that's going to embrace you that is going to think that you know any you can do anything and there's a part of society which which does not really care um which does not lean either one way or the other and then there's a part of society that just makes its distance and so he said 25 50 25% roughly and later you know when i thought about it i was like i came up with these words you know inclusive indifferent and uh, let's just say ignorant. So really, the advice boiled down to you know um, embrace the inclusive. So don't let go of them. They are your biggest pillars of support. Uh, and sometimes uh, we as disabled people tend to take these people for granted, and we should really not do that. They, uh, you know, they really like us, and they think we are quite capable, and so we should embrace them. The indifferent. I felt the best ways to impress them because you can convert them into um, inclusive people. So just show them what you're capable of. And they tend to help. I mean, their heart is in the right place. I very strongly believe that. The ignorant people are a whole different story. So usually they tend to stay out of your way. Um, But yeah, there are times when, you know, circumstances force us to meet. And that is the hardest. And honestly, I have not figured out how to deal with that yet. If you did, please tell me, because I would love to know.
1: You know, these uh, classifications that you're talking about reminds me about when when it comes to religious beliefs. You have the believers, you have the agnostics, and you have the atheists. Precisely. So it's something similar. Yes. So uh, now uh, you are working in a corporate um, uh, entity and you've done, uh, you're an MBA. And looking forward, uh, what are your aspirations in life?
2: That's a very good question. So I um, would like to grow in corporate. Um, I, I really aspire to build exceptional customer experiences. And, you know, today products are getting homogenous. You know, everyone has access to the, same, to the same product, to the same designers and all of that. And what is really going to set um, companies apart is going to be the experience they provide to the customer. The way they engage with the customer, the kind of um, you know kinship the customer feels with the brand, and so my goal is to really build such brands, um, you know, uh, a brand that offers an experience and a brand with which the customer can really engage and feel proud about. So, how I would do that is a whole different story. Whether I would do it um, within an organization or whether I would start something on my own is something yet I'm uh, something I'm yet to figure out. But yeah, my goal would be uh, to be associated with uh, with an exceptional customer experience.
1: So, Pritam, it's been a pleasure talking to you. you have, uh, you've launched yourself into life. There are a lot of things to look forward to. I would like to take this opportunity to wish you the very best. And I do hope that this conversation that we've had would inspire many more to kind of uh, take up challenges in life and uh, plan ahead for themselves. Thank you.
2: Thank you, sir. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: This podcast was brought to you by Barrier Break Solutions Private Limited and Score Foundation.
1: ¡Gracias!